to the Lucid Body Podcast. After taking a bit of a pandemic break, I'm afraid to say, but now we are starting our new series, Teaching the Lucid Body, Walking the Talk. This is Faith Simpson, your host, and today I'm speaking with one of my trusted Lucid Body teachers, Erica Hart. Erica Hart is a performing artist, ecology enthusiast, and certified Lucid Body teacher. As head of the Lucid Body Pacific Northwest, she provides the region's actors and creatives a container to expand their physical and energetic creative practice. Erica is also an intuitive somatic coach, helping clients examine their trauma safely and move towards healing and integration. Throughout her work, Erica is committed to creating environments focused on transparency, community, ecology, healing, and social justice. You can find out more about the work Erica's doing at ericahart.com. That's Erica, E-R-I-C-A-H-A-R-T-E.com. Welcome, Erica. Hey, thank you, Faye, for having me and also for spelling my name because people get it wrong a lot. So I I was just thinking that they're going with a K and they're probably not doing an E. So... Yes, thank you. But thanks for having me. Glad to be here. I'm so excited about your your venture in the Pacific Northwest, creating a whole community out there. Yes, it's it's definitely like you mentioned, the pandemic has sort of made things an interesting uh, path, an interesting journey to get to finding community in a new place. My husband and I moved out to the Pacific Northwest from New York uh, right as the pandemic hit. So it's been an interesting journey, but um, definitely a fruitful one. And I'm just so excited to keep sharing the loose body work. (laughs) Yeah, I was not so thrilled when you decided to move, I have to say. (laughs) I thought I was going to have a lucid body New York teacher at at the lucid body house, but I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. And um, we really need that out there. Yeah, it's been really incredible to see uh, just the the difference in terms of um, the culture out there is really different from New York. And so getting clear on what that audience is looking for, how they take to the material, because um, whereas in New York, we might have a a little more uh, time to get that buy-in around um, chakra work or anything like that, the West Coast is ready. They're so delighted to have it. <laughs> That's great. You don't have the New York cynicism cutting into the, into the definition. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So what I want to ask, I'm in our theme, walking the talk, the lucid body, it's a very particular somatic process that tends to attract a very particular specific sort of person. So what attracted you initially to this work? That's a great question. I actually found the lucid body work through a friend of mine, um, Devin Shackett, who now runs the New York Acting Academy. Um, She had been in that process of finding teachers, finding classes that she thought were really valuable for working actors. And we had been friends a long time since we were 13. And she was seeing that I was just falling out of love with the entire audition process and going from being this really passionate performer to someone who's like, do I really want to keep doing this? And so she recommended the class. She had taken a class over the summer and 
was just really excited at the opportunity to pass that information along to me. So I took the class because she asked uh, what I was looking for and it was in alignment. So I took the class and it was like coming home to myself. I felt mm. like I had never realized there were other people who utilized, you know, the wisdom and the knowledge of their body um, in the same way that I was trying to do. And so it, it was really honestly kind of disorienting and shocking to be like, oh my gosh, there's a language for this. There is a class structure, there's exercises, all of that. I, I was blown away and immediately like, this is where I need to be. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, love at first sight, for sure, for sure. For our listeners, most of you are lucid body uh, people that you know the work. But if you don't know the work, it's the lucid body is a very psychophysical process that is looking at the habits physically, emotionally, that we have kind of brought on from our past lives, from our given circumstances. And sometimes those habits can be, uh, they can confine our emotional expression. So for acting training, we try to let each student look without judgment, but look at those places that are not being expressed for many reasons, for fear of being punished, for fear of not being accepted. But in the safe environment of the Lucid Body House, we try to start to allow the students to look deeply and actually start to move those habits, lean into those areas of discomfort. So on that vein, what was your process like as a student and what were the areas where you needed to lean in in order to face maybe parts of self that were not acceptable? Yeah, wow, I mean, you really hit it right on the head. Things that are not acceptable, not allowed. And for me as a performer, I I didn't know until I started taking the lucid body work and feeling the edges of that comfort zone um, as a person and as a performer um, that I had places that I wouldn't let myself go to. That, um, you know, one thing in particular I found was I had been using my own trauma uh, and in the space I grew up in, there wasn't enough space for my feelings and my experience. And so I kind of locked those things away and waited until I got into a performance space that I could oh, let that all out. And I didn't realize I was doing that until I started taking lucid body work because I started to see, huh, all of these characters, circumstances are similar to mine. All of the you know, things that they are expressing are things that I um, want to express, need to express, and don't. Uh, and so I had no awareness of that until I started taking the lucid body work. And it was a light bulb moment for me. And it it really made me question, um, you know, what was that all that time? Was it, was that me doing therapy? And I didn't realize it, you know, and so the lucid body gave me a framework to then uh, encounter those parts of self and say, oh, I don't have to just do work like that. I can I can expand. I can be in all of these other places, um, these unfamiliar parts of self and play characters like that as well. Um, and I know for me, the, the, um, the shadow project in particular really helped me hone in on that. 
So before we get into shadow project, um, I want to go back to something you said, which was you realized that you were performing and expressing parts of your traumatic self, and yet in life you were not. So then when you started studying the lucid body, um, can you be a little more specific about those areas? Like, was it grief or arrogance or, and then, and, and did you manage to allow these parts of self to be integrated into your daily life? Mm. I'm just thinking about, it's been a, I've been with this process for a long time now, so I'm trying to transport myself back. Yeah, I'd say that I, I, the parts of self that were um, spaces that were not allowed for me were grief for sure, for sure. Um, saying no around caretaking. When we first met, I remember very specifically you saying, wow, we used to call it at that time a bleeding second. This just second chakra that just gives and gives and gives, but never takes anything back. And oh boy, was that me. <laughs> and, uh, and so finding empowerment, absolutely. The lucid body work not only gave me a safe space to practice that right on my own um, terms, but then going out into the world, yes, as a performer, but just as a human being, I started to recognize, oh, there's some activity going on in the second chakra. Do I want to give right now? Or do I need to, you know, nurture myself instead? Or, oh, I'm feeling that grief and I am recognizing that I, I'm bottling it up. I'm not saying what I'm feeling. Um, and so through that process of, you know, taking lucid body courses over, you know, an extended period of time, I really, I really not only built that awareness, but was able to say, Oh, audibly exhale. Let's see if we can make a different choice. Um, and that was groundbreaking for me. It really was. Yeah, I I think that the, I like to think of the lucid body as a holistic acting process, because I think it I think any training should be good for the human being. And I don't think that was the case, certainly not in my training as a dancer. Um, there was a lot of just kind of be the martyr, take it and you know, overwork and mm -hmm. feel the bruises. And so there's something about, I'm very interested in that. Yes. What you're learning so that you can have a more versatile acting expression is actually something that then is coming into your daily life and allowing a more holistic expression of self as a human being. And that it just feels like one of my biggest priorities in this work. Yeah, absolutely. And, I really felt um, in my time as a student of the lucid body work that that was a priority. And I felt um, that it changed how I viewed myself as a performer and as a person. I thought of myself for a long time as uh, a singer or an actor or a performer first. That was an identifier for me. And then, oh, yeah, there's, you know, the rest of my personal life. But Lucid Body gave me a really beautiful, without judgment way of looking um, at myself as a whole person first and how being in that, that whole person version of myself, I was able to step forward in a way on stage that I hadn't been able to before. Nice. 
Well, that leads me into my next query. Um, <laughs> I know the moment that I saw you and knew that you indeed had the tools to be a lucid body teacher. But I'm wondering when you decided that you, I know you wanted to be, but when did you decide that you actually needed to be? Yeah, what a, an important distinction, right? The mm -hmm. desire to do something versus the, no, this is what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so like you said, I from very early on was very adamant and passionate about becoming a teacher, but the moment that really nailed it for me was actually doing a, a shadow project with you in your class mm -hmm. before I came into um, the teacher training program. I was really fresh. And at that time, you know, I know you were really actively seeking people for teacher training that were, you know, more veterans of the work. And so I was like, I gotta prove myself. I gotta figure out how to do this. <laughs> and so you said, come, come take class with me. Let's see how it goes. And, you know, we'll go from there. And I remember when I was deciding on which area I wanted to work in for shadow. There was a couple things that came up for me in the exercise, but third chakra kind of was where I landed that I needed to work there, but I didn't know whether it was imploded or exploded. Um, and of course, right, you were very clear that, you know, you, there's lots of shadows and they shift and they change throughout your life, but you were like, exploded three, that's where you need to work. <laughs> You're very adamant. And I remember being terrified. I was like, oh, God, trying to embody uh, uh, that version of myself and then a character based on that. I was really intimidated, but doing it was transformative because I saw this part of myself thing that I had judged in others previously with such humanity now by doing that shadow work. And I remember getting done with my in-class performance and I, it, I felt it was an inexplicable feeling, but I, I remember thinking very clearly as I walked to the train to go back to Brooklyn that night, I was like, I have to do this. Yeah. I have to get in this teacher training because what I just experienced, more people need to experience. Oh, it was such a transformative moment. I, that was the same moment where I was like, oh, yes, she can be a teacher. And I, <laughs> I think I, I look mostly in candidates for teacher training at how deeply they transform themselves. And you completely transformed in front of my eyes. I, I, it, was, it was stunning. It really is stunning. And I was like, oh, my God, she's an actress. And she also needs to teach this. I yeah, want her I, on. I want her on my side. I want her on board. <laughs> and the rest uh, is history. So yeah. for um, my listeners, just know that the shadow is the part of self. We talk about persona shadow. Shadow is a part of self that usually the outside world does not witness. It's a if the, Carl Jung talks about it being in the unconscious, but we use it more. Uh, closer to the surface, a part of self that you judge. You don't want anyone to know you work against it. And therefore it's hidden in a closet inside your body. So that's what Erica's talking about when she says exploded three, which means arrogance, a real sense of, of entitlement and arrogance. So, um, so that leads me to the next thing, which is Erica, obviously her 
moment was in a shadow project. So now she is teaching a shadow intensive coming up. And uh, Erica, tell us about the weekend. Yes, it's coming up. It's uh, December 10th, 11th and 12th. Um, and I'll, I'll make sure to give you all the times before we close out. But yeah, this, this three-day intensive is going to start us out by just getting familiar with um, the sort of yin and yang of that shadow part of self in relationship to the persona, right? So what is that social mask? You know, how do we walk into all these spaces and what's underneath that? So first, just exploring the relationship of those two selves to each other. And then in that exploration of shadow and getting familiar with that shadow self, uh, getting curious about how do I use that information to now craft a character, right? And not just for the class, not just for the intensive, but going forward in my work as a, as a creative, as a performer, um, because this work is not just great for actors. It's as a writer, I use it constantly. Um, and especially the shadow, how do I use that to give my, um, my character more depth, to understand that soft underbelly of them? So I'm really excited to take the time to, you know, get curious about ourselves. And then from that information, start crafting um, this character so that uh, by Sunday, we're, we're getting up in front of each other and, um, and performing uh, a character that we've crafted based on our own information, but that is something new. It's something separate from us. So I'm very excited. I think shadow work is just such an important part of this process. And I'm, I'm just very thrilled to be doing it. I think that the, the, the holistic aspect of, of the work really comes, it goes spiraling right into shadow because it has to do with compassion. So if we start with the self and say, oh, my shadow is um, competition. I don't want anyone to know that I'm really competitive and jealous. And so I keep that down. And, um, and so my persona maybe is based in my heart. But when you start to realize, oh, it's okay to be competitive or it's okay. And I'm giving that shadow a little voice. We start to have more compassion for ourselves so then when you change that to the character, then the character is like, oh, I, I don't want to play. There's an evil character. That character is very uh, violent or um, self-righteous. We look underneath and then we realize, oh, the wounds, the fragility, and get the actor to play those parts of self that all of a sudden the actor has to learn, like you said, compassion for that character, for the self and also for the character. So it really has to do with embodying a character with complexity. Absolutely, Faye. And I think one of the things that I've seen time and again when folks do this shadow work is there's all of a sudden an understanding of, of yes, compassion, but a way of moving through the world that they've never thought of before, that they thought they had a very clear picture of, oh, somebody who is, you know, in that exploded three, right? This arrogance, entitlement to take up space, to take what's theirs. Um, I've only had one viewpoint of it, but now embodying it myself, I see there's a lot more nuance going on in that, in that persona uh, of, of moving through the world 
um, with confidence. It's arrogant because of my perception of it, but it actually might just be that they're confident. And so again, it's it's this incredible tool that we use in viewing our characters that we're gonna portray and, um, and how we understand them so that we can play them with nuance and depth as full people and not just, oh, they're this evil villain and like, all right, I guess I have to figure out how to do that, right? We have a deeper understanding of what's driving them, what is, um, what is connecting them to the action that they're taking um, and doing that without judgment. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's really true. Non-judgmental mind is just the key to exploring places. I've, I've been developing and teaching this work for a long time. And there are moments where people hit a shadow that is completely overwhelming. And uh, I know you're a somatic coach as well. Can you talk about what, how you help people who hit the wall a little bit and how you provide the safe space? Yeah, that's such an important question. So I thank you for asking that. Um, I say at the beginning of everything, every class, every intensive that I teach, um, I'm here for you as a person first and as a creative second. And the reason I do that is because this work is deep and it is vulnerable. And so walk the talk. If you're not able to hold space for someone who goes, you know, within their, um, you know, safe zone to a very vulnerable, risky place, you better be able to hold that space for them. You, you know, you, you shouldn't ask something of someone that you can't support. So mm -hmm. for me, setting the container up that way from the get-go is, you know, vitally important, making sure that we have um, safety in terms of information, right? Things that happen in class, stay in class. We don't go out and share that information with others because it's not ours to share about someone else's experience. But if I have, for example, a student who, like you said, hits that shadow and oof, things are coming up that I was not anticipating um, as the student, right? They're, they're not anticipating it. First of all, it's just me as a teacher knowing, oh, that's a tender place for them. So I'm going to keep an eye out. But then if something comes up, being able to hold space, let them know, especially right through an online format, which this workshop is, um, getting them grounded, getting them oriented to their space, reassuring them that this is actually very normal. There's nothing that's happening, um, even though it may feel like you're a little out of control, this is a very normal response to doing shadow work. Uh, and just having that re reinforcement around you know, you didn't do it wrong. There's nothing wrong with you because that starts to come up. People are concerned. Oh gosh. Oh no, I'm taking too much space up because I'm, I'm having this big reaction. Um, and so just reassuring them of that, making sure the other students understand how, how to hold space and if that they need to go ground themselves because right when something strikes close to the bone, it becomes universal and we go, oh, oh, I'm feeling that with you. Um, and so just giving people that permission to, you know, if you need to take a second and step aside and ground, you know, I'm going to teach you how to do that from day one. Um, and then just having those grounding and orienting techniques uh, so that 
if that does happen, if those things come up, they know I've got their back. I'm there. I know what to do. Um, and they're safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hands on the wall is a big one for yeah. us that we've started to do hands on the wall, feet on the floor, head up. Mm-hmm. And it really helps uh, restabilize the nervous system. But I'm interested in what you said, the use of the word container, because as a teacher, we're always trying to allow a space where people are going beyond their comfort zone. And so watching that and, and holding the space for that, meaning I've got you, I see you, and allowing them go there versus um, watching someone go into a place and you can just see that the nervous system, see something happens where they're actually not in control anymore. And they're, they hit a pop. Because if you think about it, the shadows, the places that are, have not been expressed, when you suddenly open the door wide and say, now express that anger, uh, express that grief, express that longing, it can, it can completely trigger the nervous system into thinking that there is something wrong. So I find that that container you talked about, you know, are holding my arms out here to the side, like knowing as the teacher in your body, okay, let's just breathe and stop this and put hands on the wall. Or you're in an uncomfortable place. Keep going. I've got you. I mean, that is the artistry of teaching, I think, right there. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I say to... um I do a check-in at the beginning of every, you know, if it's a weekly class series or it's, you know, an intensive, we're going back to back. I make a really strong point to check in with everybody at the top of class every time, no matter what, because it gives me the opportunity as the teacher to say, oh, there's a, there's something has shifted from Mm -hmm. when I first met you. Okay. Uh, That alerts me that, you know, I am, I'm bringing that into my awareness of how I'm watching you work. And the other thing that I I try to really um, highlight, because we get a lot of uh, performers who have that good student archetype, right? They they really want to get it right. They want to do well. They want to impress you. And you're like, it's not about me. It's about you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But but reminding them, you know, reminding them uh, there's a difference between discomfort and a lack of safety. Mm-hmm. And if you, you know, and, and let's talk about if that's not clear, let's talk about what the differences are, right? Knowing that you have me to hold space for you and that you're in your own space. And so you have more tools available to you than you maybe would have otherwise to, uh, for online classes to, you know, bring you back into yourself and bring you back to grounding if needed. Um, but let's get clear on what is the difference between a lack of comfort and a lack of safety so that when we, and that's going to be different for each person. But so that when we start to recognize the, sim- the symptoms within ourselves, right, the sensations within ourselves that make us feel unsafe, and I recognize that because we verbalized it to one another at the beginning, I can say, remember, you only have to touch this place. You don't have to dive mm-hmm. down to the depths of this pain or whatever it is that's coming up for you. And that's part of, yes, my job as a teacher, but as, um, as a performer, there's a stain of, there is sustainability in mm-hmm. question. So it, you know, yeah, great. If, if, 
it's, you know, you dive down to the depths of this, but then, you know, you're laid up for six weeks. Well, you can't, you know, you can't do eight shows a week if you, Mm -hmm. if, if you're getting to that place. So reinforcing, and that has been really helpful, giving them that perspective. It's, it's not just about your mental and emotional health which should be top, but you know, Mm -hmm. it's not just that it's also sustainability in your craft. Um, How do we go to that place, touch in with it, be present with it, work with it, even if it's uncomfortable and then come back into balance uh, and not let me dive down to this deep unsafe place. And then, you know, be in a place where I I can't work. So I think that it's really, that's such an important distinction. It's interesting because I hear what you're saying and, and telling everybody, you know, the difference between comfort and unsafety. But so many times it things don't register until the body's in the process. That's right. That's so right. <laughs> I, 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 I give sort of simple rules, but then I know that it's you can't say the difference between safety and, and uh, out of comfort zone. People won't know what you mean until they're in it. Right. <laughs> and right. then then they're in it. And then, then that's you sort of holding that space and saying, now put your hands Mm -hmm. on the wall or keep going, keep going. Mm -hmm. Just, just, um, yeah. And I like using it as that, that if it's giving context, right. I had a a friend of mine who's a, um, a trauma counselor for youth and and we were doing a a piece with, with, uh, Lisa body house through, um, empathy into action. Uh, this was, summer of 2020 and that was one of the things that she she said you know giving people context even though you know they're like oh okay safety comfort Mm -hmm. whatever when they're in that no you're right exactly they're not going to know necessarily the difference but once they're regrounded once they're out of it now they're like oh now I see ah, what you mean (laughs) now I see right and so for me giving that context like you said it it's not going to necessarily land the first time in the moment, but if we're giving that context so that once they're out of it, they're like, got it. Now I understand what you're talking about. And (laughs) they have that as a reference point, you know? Well, this has been a great conversation. Hopefully our listeners are excited and not freaked out about about taking the shadow intensive because, uh, I really think you're going to be in good hands with Erica. So Erica, can you once again, tell us the dates and times and how people can sign up? Absolutely. So the shadow is uh, shadow intensive is December 10th uh, from six 30 to nine 30 PM and December 11th and 12th from 11 AM to 2 PM. And that's all Eastern standard time. It's an online class and you can go to lucidbody.com and they have that lovely button of view the schedule and my intensive is right there at the top. Uh, it's also on my website. So if you are poking around there, um, it's on my calendar as well. So lots of different places to find it. And as Faye said, don't worry, we're not going to be, we're not going to be doing group <laughs> shadow therapy for three days. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to do that toe, toe touch in with what that shadow is, craft a character, um, and then get up on our feet on Sunday to share that with one another. It's going to be a really great time. And you'll learn the, the basics, Lucid Body Basics. You'll learn the, the, um, the very famous warm-up that we're known yes. for. And also <laughs> probably touch into the chakra centers so you get an idea um, of those tools that we use for everything. So thank you, Erica. It was a yeah. pleasure to have you here. Listeners, thank you for listening. 
stay tuned for the next Walk the Talk series in a few weeks. Bye. The Lucid Body House sponsors are the Miller Voice Method, an effective voice and breath training by Scott Miller, Leah Kalish, Understand Your Past, Change Your Future, sessions available anywhere via Zoom, David Simpson's Chiropractic on West 57th Street in Manhattan, the Actors Center, and the multidisciplined artist Andressa Ferletti. Thank you for making the Lucid Body House thrive.